Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a Supreme Court podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm Lydia Wheeler. And I'm Greg Storr. Well, Greg, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that former President Trump must be excluded from the ballot uh, because he was involved in the insurrection on January 6th. And so uh, it looks like this case is rocketing to the Supreme Court. What's the latest on that? Yeah, the Colorado court gave Donald Trump's campaign until January 4th to turn to the Supreme Court. Very good chance that once once he does, the Supreme Court will agree to take up the case and perhaps in short order decide pretty much nationwide whether Donald Trump can be on the ballot and can run for re-election as president. Wow, there's a lot to watch for there. But I was thinking, um, since it's almost the end of the year and the time when everyone starts to kind of look back on the last 12 months um, and take stock of what's happened, uh, that we could do that with the Supreme Court. But because the court doesn't follow the typical calendar year here, I, I thought we could just look at the first few months of the term, um, specifically the arguments. Yeah, those arguments just uh, seem like they kept getting longer, uh, which depending on, uh, you know, from an attorney's point of view, maybe is good, maybe is not so good, depending on how strong your case is. Justices, as they want to do, asked a lot of tough questions, a lot of hypotheticals, and uh, certainly some that were kind of hard for lawyers to get around. Yeah, even um, it seems like the most prepared advocates can get really tripped up um, um, and it it led to some awkward and even cringeworthy, I guess, moments at the at the court for the start of the term. So let's talk about our favorites. You know, the one that really stood out to me was in that free speech fight over that Trump too small trademark. Justice Amy Coney Barrett gave this unexpected hypothetical uh, that might have been seen as a dig at the former president who actually appointed her to the bench. Justice Barrett seemed concerned about how the case could impact copyright law when she said, Let's imagine that there's a similar restriction for copyright and somebody wants to write a book called Trump Too Small that details Trump's pettiness over the years and just argues that he's not a fit public official. Are you saying it would be like a rational basis standard for a, for um, analyzing whether that copyright restriction was permissible? Yeah, that was a surprising one. I also thought things got a little uncomfortable during the arguments in Rahimi. That's the case challenging the federal law that bans people who are subject to domestic violence restraining orders from owning a gun. Chief Justice John Roberts seemed to force Matthew Wright, a public defender whose client, Zaki Rahimi, is challenging the law, to admit that his client is dangerous. Well, to the extent that's pertinent, you don't have any doubt that your client's a dangerous person, do you? Your Honor, I would want to know what dangerous person means. At well, the I moment, mean, someone who's shooting, uh, uh, you know, at people, uh, that's a good start. So, so it, <laughs> that's fair. Oof, that was a little cringy. You know, there were some more lighthearted moments. There was, I'm thinking about the Wilkinson versus Garland case. You know, that was the case that immigrants brought uh, seeking another challenge to prove their deportations would cause unusual hardship. Um, In that case, Justice Samuel Alito may have dissed all of his colleagues on the bench in trying to ask, you know, what constitutes an unusual or exceptional hardship. He gave this hypothetical. But if you ask an ordinary person, uh, you set out a certain set of facts. So let's say I'm complaining about my workplace. It's cold. It's set at 63 degrees. There isn't any coffee machine. The boss is unfriendly. All my coworkers are obnoxious. And and you say, am I experiencing? No, I'm not. (laughs) 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 
Any resemblance to any living character is purely, <laughs> purely accidental. Is that unusual or exceptional? Am I suffering unusual or exceptional hardship? An ordinary person could answer that question, and they could say, oh, come on, you know, that's work, suck it up, right? Another really striking moment came during the arguments over the $6 billion bankruptcy settlement involving Purdue Pharma. That's the maker of the highly addictive opioid OxyContin. Justice Sonia Sotomayor seemed to get a, a little annoyed or at least wanted to tone down the victim's attorney, uh, Pratik Shah. He was giving an impassioned argument about why the victims will get nothing from the estate of Purdue's owners if the court blows up the deal. These are claims States hold these consumer protection. These are ten, twenty, thirty billion dollar claims. Could you if please slow them, down a little bit? Yes, Th- those are. I get, I get sure. confused because sure. Uh, I know you're making this very dramatic, but I read your brief. Justice Elena Kagan uh, had a zinger of her own uh, for Michael McCulloch. He's the attorney representing the former hedge fund manager who challenged the Security and Exchange Commission's use of in-house judges to decide allegations of fraud. Um, Justice Kagan had said that the court hasn't had a case like this in 50 or 60 years, basically because no one's had the nerve to bring one. That's settled. Well, it, it, it's settled only to the extent no one's brought it up uh, and forced this issue since Atlas Roofing. In I this, agree. In this context. I, nobody has had the, you know, chutzpah. <laughs> to quote my people, to bring it up since Atlas Roofing. Yeah, that was a good one. I think think it made a lot of us remember Justice Kagan's confirmation hearings. Christmas Day bomber, where are you at on Christmas Day? Senator Graham, that is an undecided legal issue, which, uh, well, is... No, I just ask you where you're at on Christmas. You know, like all Jews, I was probably at a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> Great answer. There, there was also a moment, um, I think I may have lauded it in, in an earlier uh, podcast, but it was you know, kind of uncomfortable when, in that same case, when McCulloch corrected the way Chief Justice Roberts had pronounced his client's name. By the way, it's pronounced Jarkasy. Uh, not, not a number of other ways that, it, that it's been pronounced by, by many. Ooh. Yeah, the chief the chief messes those up quite a bit. Well, Greg, uh, we still have a lot ahead this term, and I'm sure there will be more memorable moments like these. Until then, you can keep up with all the latest on the Supreme Court at news.bloomberglaw.com. From all of us at Cases and Controversies, we want to wish you a very happy and healthy new year. Hello, podcast listeners. If you don't already know On the Merits, our weekly podcast devoted to legal and government news, It's a show that features the very best of Bloomberg Law and Bloomberg Government, newsrooms that boast among the largest number of credentialed journalists in D.C. When you listen to On the Merits, you'll hear about the groundbreaking developments in the courts, in Congress, and in the alphabet soup of federal agencies that run Washington and our nation. Our show is by and about legal policy nerds, and we say that lovingly. It's a nerd's eye view of what professionals in the legal and government space need to know but you do not have to be a nerd to listen. Check out our show on the merits and find new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find our archive of shows at news.bloomberglaw.com slash podcasts.